Hi, and welcome to Comchurch Talks. This is our sermon of the day. We pray that it will be a real blessing to you. I know you'll be encouraged, challenged, and uplifted by the talk that you're about to hear. Thank you, team. You can take your seats in God's presence this morning. I needed that today. I needed to come and just sit and be allow the presence of God to just wash over me. It's important. It's so important that on a, when we come together like that, that we can just sit and allow worship to flow out of our hearts and then God ministers back to us. Those moments are really important. But something concerns me about the way we do church, the way culturally over many years church has been done. Because we let ourselves get to the place where we're Sunday. Is anyone, you sit in church and you just go, what a week I've had this week. I've got nothing left. We feel like we've worked all the way up to that place where we just have to sit in church. I'm going to come and sit next to you, Hazel. Is that all right? I'm going to come and sit. And we sit down and we just go, ah, this week has been absolutely crazy. I've got nothing left. I just need the worship to flow over me. And I need God to tell me that I'm his own. And I need that message and I need that. But what happened on Tuesday when we got home from work and we, we got in from work, Tuesday was actually the root problem. Tuesday was a nightmare. It was such a hassle. But on Tuesday night, we could have got into our homes. There's nothing between us and heaven. And on that Tuesday night, we could have sat in our chair at home and gone, Holy Spirit, wash over me. Wash over me. God, tell me that I'm your own. I need it now on Tuesday afternoon. But yet we've kind of locked it up and gone, I need to, I need to wait. I'm going to come and I'm going to sit in church and I'm going to allow Sarah to minister and the team to sit and do it. But on Tuesday night, that same experience that we have just had where God tells us we're his own is available for us Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday and Saturday and we stored it all up and expected the team that comes up and ministers in this church to give you all of that. There's a challenge. How difficult is it when you come to church, I'm coming to Sarah Payne now, I'm coming to sit next to you, we come and we've had that amazing experience, we've sung that amazing worship song like we just have in his presence and he's told us we're his own and then the person that gets up to speak brings a challenge And we go, oh, I didn't want to be challenged this morning. I just wanted God to tell me that I'm his own. And I just wanted that love and things to wash over me. And we've created this culture where we feel like Sunday's come, we're going to sit and just allow those things to wash over me. Because you don't understand what my life is like. All the things that I have to cope with. The difficulties I've had. And the challenge, it's just amazing that I've been able to get into church this Sunday morning. But then a challenge comes And there's going to be a challenge here today. I'm going to share a challenge. It's kind of, I wanted this to be Mission Sunday, but I also had a burning word in my heart that I wanted to bring. So this is like Mission Sunday preaching mashup. My boss has has a saying, and he says, all truth is parallel, all right? All truth is parallel. That means things that happen in the natural often have a parallel in the spirit. You know, we're, we're, we're natural beings, but we're also supernatural beings. So things are true. And sometimes in the spirit, something will happen and it will be true in the the physical and in the natural world. All truth is parallel. And this morning, I want you to draw parallels. I want us to analyse our lives because we're going to do something very different. We are going to have a Mission Sunday. I've called it Look Out. If a creative team had their way this morning, I would have been able to cut holes in the walls of this church, but the heritage people are a little bit fussy. Um, the cinema, like um, conservation people, are all a little bit fussy. So they can't really let creative team cut holes in the walls of this building. But if I could let the sunlight pour into this room through windows this morning, that would really help me make the point that I want to make and we're going to share. It's important that we look out we live, we live these crazy lives. We want God to speak to us. We want the Holy Spirit to bless us, wash over us, relax us in church. We want to feel like it's given us everything we need. But that, I want to put to us today, that's not a great culture for a church to do. That's why lots of 
Lots of church cultures these days, and I wouldn't never knock another part of the body of Christ for anything, but I am seeing a trend of people that look alike, that are at the same stage of life, the same, same things, picking a church based on everybody being very similar to them. Just look around at the weirdos here this morning. Just take a little look around. There's, um, there's very few people that are like me or look like me, and thank God, because like, you don't want too many of them in a church, that's for sure. Um, but like, look around. This is what heaven's going to look like, people. Get used to it, because there's people from all different walks of life. And, and sometimes when you... like, there's a, there's a tendency in our church culture to gravitate to people that like to do things how you like to do. So I'm going to go to a church where people look like me, act like me, or do the same thing. And that's where different cultural church groups end up coming from. Let us not become that, though there's nothing. Ultimately, if you're lifting up the name of Jesus, there's nothing wrong with that. But I just want to say this. If you, who's, who's, on social, who's on social media? Who has Facebook account? Nice big hands this morning. Own up to it. Come on, own up. So like, loads of people here are on Facebook, right? Have you ever taken a break? Has anyone gone, I just need to shut my Facebook down. I can't, I can't be bothered anymore. Main, there are a few reasons. Yeah, look, lots of people, mum loves it. I don't love mum so much. It's difficult when your mum's on Facebook. It's tough. Tough to stand by and be about but watch that happen. It's a train wreck waiting to happen. <laughs> so, um, but like you're on Facebook, you want to take a break because uh, there's a few reasons. Number one reason is there's a lot of idiots out there, right? So the reason I took a break was because there's so many idiots out there and I just don't want to see what they're doing, right? Is, is anyone, uh, like, anyone taking a break for that reason? Another common reason to take a break off social media is because you see other people's lives and you feel like yours isn't quite matching up. So you go, I'm going to... I'm coming off, I'm taking a break, I'm not going to look at that anymore, I'm not going to engage with that anymore, I'm going to close the curtains. Can you give me some closed curtains, John? Help me preach this, thank you. So we think, I'm coming off Facebook and I'm going to close the curtains around my life, I'm going to shut myself in. Actually, this is a really serious, I'm joking around, this is a really serious common problem that people are doing in 2019. They're going, I'm looking at everyone else. It's not matching up. There's an enemy that has a battle for your mind and he lies to you. And in the midst of your battle, rather than singing that song we've just said that no battle can turn me, nothing can change me. We look like one thing on a Sunday and then in the week when the battle is really hitting, we look like something else and we close the curtains around us. We shut ourselves away. Is this speaking to anyone? Like, do you recognize that? Has anyone had FOMO, which is where you see people's lives on your, it's called the fear of missing out. You see um, around you, Sarah and Sarah have got a little one called Jomo, which is the joy of missing out when they see other people doing everything else and they're happy about it and they go, oh, we're not there. That's brilliant. But there's FOMO, the fear of missing out. And that, and that comes around and you just think, I'm, I'm going to take a break from that world because I don't want to see it. So you take your break from social media and then you come back on a few months later, or me, like you do it in the morning and then I'm bored of it. I'm back on by about 5.30 in the afternoon. I can only get 24 hours without it. It's like crack. I'm like totally addicted, totally addicted to Facebook. I'm taking a break, everyone. 5.30 comes around, I'm back on. So, but like you, you, you do it, you go, you take your break, but you come back to it and you're realising very soon that you still have those same feelings when you came back. Those same idiots are still out there. Or the same people that you look at are still there. And the break in itself didn't do anything other than just give you a break from Facebook. Closing the curtains on that doesn't deal with the inner problem of the fact that you had the fear of missing out. What was the enemy taking from you? How were you living your life that meant that fear of missing out took a grip? That meant you thought you had to break from it. And yet the world carried on. The people on Facebook carried on living their lives. They stayed being idiots. They stayed doing great things. That's, that just never changed. And then we've shut the curtain. And I just, this is the message I want to bring today. Actually, as an exercise, as a church, today it's Mission Sunday, and we're going to do an exercise of looking out. But I want you to ask yourself, have I pulled the curtains on my life and my looking out? 
I want you to ask the question today, as you look at yourself, have you drawn curtains around your life and there are times you just don't want to engage anymore? I really want you to do self-analysis because the truth is parallel. We're going to do an exercise. You know what? Me and Heidi, about... Heidi's the administrator in the church for any, um, for any visitors. Heidi and I have spent so much time in our lives organising. If you take a look at that patch on the wall up there, a new roof is going to get fitted in a week's time on this building and then hopefully we can have some repairs done. But just the effort that has gone into organising a new roof for this place um, got me to the place of exhaustion. We've got, we're trying to sell 69 for three years. Heidi and I have been working, and Joe and a few others, we've been doing designs and going to the council for planning applications. We're, we're taking the council to court over it. This is three years now and um, that we've been trying to get access rights through the Regent Street car park to sell the building up the road. And um, it's just dominated our time. It's a piece of administration that pastors shouldn't... I'm, it's, my, it's not my job. Do you know what I mean? But, you, but it is my job. It's something that I've got to do. I think it's an important place. It's important that we don't get rained on right now. Um, and it's a sunny day, but it's important we don't get rained on. So it's part of my job, but I don't really want it to do. And these things can crowd you. And with everything in me, I want to get on with pastoring people and reaching out to this community, which is our key call. And yet all of these distractions just come and crowd what you're trying to do. So for me this morning, this looking out exercise, I'm going to display it as something for my own good. As a church, together, we're going to begin to look out. We're going to open the windows. We're going to pull back the curtains of frustrating administration, of, of, of buildings that are just a pain in the neck to look after. We're going to pull back the curtains of all that stuff, and we're going to look out. <coughs> And I hope I'm going to need some water today. I hope that demonstrates what you can do to get a way forward. Thank you. Look out. I want to read a scripture just before we do this. <clears throat> what does this say? Philippians three, Philippians two, three to four. Let's read it. You might have it. Have you got your Bibles? Do nothing, do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. What, rather, in humble humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus Christ. Look out. That scripture could be summarized in those two words. At junior church, when I was a kid, there used to be a saying, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Joy. Does anyone, has anyone had that? Joy. Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Has anyone felt like the way of the world in 2019 is others first, uh, is yourself first, yourself second, and yourself last. That's the way everybody's living their life. But I remember as a kid being taught that we don't teach it enough today. But that scripture there, joy, could be summarized in Jesus first, others second, and yourself last. I want us to look out today, and I'm going to invite um, some different people to take part as we take the what church does, and together we're going to look out just for a few minutes and see what God does. I'm going to invite Pastor um, Alan um, Sutton, who set up Food Bank in Dunstable, to come and talk with me for a few minutes. Is that right? Can we welcome him? <clears throat> so, are you going to come and join me? So Alan is going to come, and we're just going to have a little conversation. Alan set up Food Bank. He was the pastor at New Life Church, which is on um, Houghton Road, down there, and um, he's in recent, recent, like in about what the last six months. Have you been with us? The last six months, he retired there, and because Heidi and Charlotte and the family are here, they've chosen to come and worship as the new leaders begin their job over at that church. So you get to meet him this morning. Is that all right? So let's welcome him properly. Okay, Alan, just tell us a little bit about how you ended up here, 
introduce yourself a little okay. bit. Why don't we do that? Um, well, I, I can't do this by myself, and my wife Sue is there, and uh, she's very much a part of what I want to, to share with you this morning. Um, but as I was uh, in September 2012, I stood on this stage, and I launched Food Bank in Dunst into Dunstable, um, surrounded by people like Julian and Pastor Doug when he was with us and, and Helena and other churches in the town um, who had also caught the vision. When we were first um, beginning to think about uh, the need for a food bank in Dunstable, there were a number of people who said, and I can understand their, their caution, why should Dunstable need a food bank? I mean, just look around. It's relatively um, wealthy area. It's economically fairly sound. This is going back seven years. It's a bit different now. Um, why do we need a food bank? And the answer was, I don't know. But God has told me, you need a food bank. And they were beginning to grow in other parts of the country, particularly in places which were very similar to Dunstable. They seemed to be well-heeled, had plenty of, plenty of money, plenty of food. That was seven years ago. Did we need a food bank? You know, in the seven years since we started, we have provided food in Dunstable, Houghton Regis, and the surrounding villages for just under 200,000 meals. You know? How can that be possible? Well, I'd have to take a little while longer to explain how the system works, but that's what the total number of meals that have been served by providing food in Dunstable. We said at the beginning, hopefully, there, will, there won't be a need for a food bank for too long. We'll very quickly work our way through this cycle and things will calm down, we won't have such a, such a big need. Sadly, that's not the case. In fact, we are in a crisis situation, which is why I'm standing here this morning. We need more help, we need help. Our food stocks are running down very quickly. Um, the main reason for that, unfortunately, is universal credit. We were told once universal credit is introduced, all your problems will be solved. That's not the case. In fact, they've got worse. At Christmas, we had 11 tons of food in our warehouse. We now have five and a half. In just in that short time, our food stocks have halved because of universal credit. So this morning, I'm coming to the church because, let me tell you, when, there, when I used to look at this church from my roll down, round the, down the road, where, which is a great church, please, I'm not running, the, running New Life down. They're a lovely church, they're very generous people, and, and they love God, which is obviously the most important thing. But I used to look at this church, and I used to think, Oh, I wish I had all those people. There are so many people who are serving Com Church and serving the community because they are involved and they're prepared to give of their time. And we were we were a much smaller church, so we weren't we didn't have that luxury. But now, when I come today, I think, who do you normally go to when you've got an urgent job that needs doing? Well, you go to the busiest people you can find because they're always the ones who will do, do the work and who will respond. So that's what I'm asking, bringing to you this morning. First of all, food. Now, have we got that list? Oh, right. Okay. Why don't you grab your... Uh, we're allowed... To, we're, we're, we're progressing to be able to have phones in church, right? Everybody... We can take a photo of that slide. I think we need to personally own this this morning. Grab it. Um, if you take it out and you're turning it on, make sure you set it to silent, though. Help us out. Um, but grab a picture of that. Thanks, Julian. Down here, there is a big 
I'm going to call it a bucket because that's the easiest way to describe it. Um, it's a collection bin which we've got in a number of churches in the town. And hopefully, what I'm asking you to do this morning is to begin to use that regularly and bring in, at the moment, some of these items. These are the ones that we're short of now. That will change, and we will keep updating it so you know where the greatest needs are. But quite honestly, I know, you know, from our own experience, for Sue and myself, we go shopping on a Saturday morning. Normally, we go to Tesco's. You may shop at Tesco's, at Morrison's, at Sainsbury's, or Asda. If you shop at any of those four supermarkets, you will probably know that there is a collection bin in those, in those stores. So you don't need to bring it to church. We don't mind how you give us the food as long as you give it to us. Um, so you can put it straight into the collection point um, in one of those stores if, if you shop there. If you don't, if you shop somewhere else, well then please bring it and deposit it here. So that's the first need is for food. And that is a very urgent one. You know, we, we have come to the point where, as trustees, and Clive here is, um, is another one of, of our trustees. Clive is the deputy chairman. I'm the chairman of the trustees in Dunstable. Clive is, is our deputy. Um, we met just this week, and we had to acknowledge that the fact that we are getting close to crisis, which if we continue at our current rate, we will probably have to close within the next two to three years, because if our food stocks go, that's the end of it. Um, so that's so important that we meet that need. The other, the other need we have, again, is when I said about you go where there are busy people, we need more volunteers. We've got, um, we were talking just this morning, Helena was, was sharing with us in, uh, in the foundation course about the fact that this church operates as it does because of people who volunteer. We don't pay anybody in food bank either. Every single member of our team, and there's about 100 of them, are volunteers. But we need more. We need particularly, at, the, at this moment in time, we have two needs. We're going to be um, having supermarket collections once or twice a year we have a collection at the supermarket. So you may have seen um, volunteers standing outside the supermarket as you go in, um, and we will hand them, everybody, a, a leaflet and say, can you please buy some of these items and donate them to Food Bank as you leave? Our biggest help in that respect is, is, has been Tesco over the years. We get, when we do that collection, we generally pick up about a ton of food um, in that weekend. So that's between Friday and, and Sunday, the food, a ton comes in. But because of our situation at the moment, we're doing three collections this year in the next couple of months. And we're adding to our list Sainsbury and Asda. And we need people, particularly um, on the second one, which is in July, uh, I'll give you the dates. I've got them here somewhere. Um, you all know. What am I having to look here for? Oh, okay. 13th, 13th of July. Brilliant. 13th of July. We need somebody, uh, two or three people who are able to give some time on the, on the Saturday. The two-hour shifts that we operate... Um, but the one on the 13th of July is particularly important. That's at Sainsbury's. And then there's one before that on the 6th of June. Is that the voice in the background? The 8th of June, thank you. Um, Sorry, so you should have come as well. 8th of June, 8th of June and 13th of July, we need some help. If you can help with those, those dates, please come and see me or Sue this morning if you could. Sue manages the distribution, distribution point, which is where people come who have a need, where they will be given a food parcel. Now, Sue, Sue has been managing that for the past seven years with a very good team. Sadly, the team 
is in a similar sort of age range to the one that Zoo and I are in, and are beginning to fade away. Not, li not literally, um, <laughs> but we have a number of health issues, and consequently, our, our team has shrunk drastically. The people who are serving there at the moment are all from New Life Church, but that doesn't have to be the case. No. You know, so if anybody here is able to help Sue on a Monday and a Wednesday, again, just for a couple of hours, to be available, would you please see Sue if you can today or speak to me or speak to Clive um, and just to let us know that you're available. We need, or particularly need, for that collection point in New Life, we need a man. Because the boxes of food are extremely heavy. Now, and the guys who are doing it, we have one that guy there who is, shouldn't really be doing it, because he shouldn't really be lifting the weights that he is lifting, but he continues to do so. Or a girl that can bench 300, yeah. Well, that, well, that oh, yeah, will do. Just... <laughs> Just that putting that you. out there, just want to hold, hold just if you have a good, avert any... If you're, if you're good at bench pressing, we don't <laughs> mind who you are. Um, and sadly, we have another a, a very good, uh, one of our hardest volunteers, hardest workers, is just recovering from a heart attack. Now, I'm not going to say he had a heart attack because of what he was doing, <laughs> but I'm sure it has You too helped. can have a heart attack. Come and serve food bank. <laughs> no, we're not saying that. So, so, yeah, so we need, those, those are particular needs that we have at this time. So we're looking to, looking to you. Um, if, Brilliant. If you can help us in that way, that will be amazing. I just want to, um, you know, every month, it's not a huge amount, it's probably close to like a full Sky package, but Comchurch, since the very beginning, with just a small amount of finances goes out of our bank every month, not, not a great deal. But um, we do support financially too. But I'd, um, I'd love us to see that increase. And out of out of what we have, we're going to be able to increase what we're giving to support. Because obviously there are administration finance costs as well. But we take care of that. So your gift to Comchurch will always make that happen too. I thought that would be a nice reminder. Yes. And we want to thank you for making that happen. Thank you. Thank you, Julian. <clears throat> I, I was very encouraged when we came this morning and we've, we were singing that, um, singing that lovely song, You Made A Way. And I really believe that. You know, it, it looked as if it was over. And, you know, that's what, how we've been talking in, um, amongst the trustees. It, it could be over in a couple of years unless we can turn the situation around. But you made a way. That's right. God has made a way, and I believe God will make a way. But we need to play our part in making that way continue to serve the people of Dunstable and surrounding areas. You know, it's hard to believe, I still find it so hard to believe that this town, with all the resources that it has, has a growing number of people who are hungry... Now, we're just, we just need to be, understand that um, Food Bank is not a forever provi provider. It's an emergency provider. We meet the needs of those who have an emergency, urgent financial situation, maybe because they've lost a job, maybe because the mor the, the, their mortgage rate has increased, whatever the reason is. If there is a, a reason why you are suddenly, or people are suddenly struggling financially, Food Bank is there to meet their needs. So thank you very much. Thank Sue you. wants to run up and take the mic off you. Look, here oh, she comes. Right. She's going to run. Come on, Sue. There oh, you yeah, go. Just She's to, running. Just in case you don't know, this is Sue, my wife. <laughs> Sue and Alan. Hey, listen, Sue Can and I? Alan have been part of our lives for since the beginning of the church. I can't remember a time, and the family have been such a key part to this church growing and being what it is today. Can I just share something very quickly? Um, if you volunteer, it's not just... Food Bank isn't just about giving out food. I, I get wonderful opportunities of praying with people, and I wonder if we could pray for a lady, if that's okay. Um, she came in this week. She has two brain tumours... Um, she's going into a London hospital on Monday to have one of them removed. She's frightened, silly. 
I prayed that she would have the peace of God. And she was lovely. And she said to me, do you pray with everybody? And I said, well, no. She said, how do you know what words to say? She was really, really, you know, questioning. And she's promised when she gets over the operation, she'll come back. And, you know, it's, Food Bank is a wonderful opportunity of reaching out. I had a la- another lady in this week who's been coming to us for years and years and years. She's now started going to church. She's got a job. And she brought another lady. And she said, you're so lovely here. And it's just because, you know, it's not just about the food. You, they come in and... They're there, and, and you, it's just so easy to pray with people. You know, most, I think probably all the people that I pray with, perhaps two in that many years, have said, no, I don't want you to pray. I don't believe. And I said, well, if it's all right with you, I will pray, but on my own, not with you, because I believe that prayer works. So if you can spare time, you will be so blessed. And it's great. Thank you. Sorry. Yeah. Sue, what was her name? No, okay, fine. No, we'll pray. And we'll pray for Howard as well. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, Lord. Well, Lord, we just pray right now for that lady. And we just pray that in Jesus' name, you would just right now fill her with your peace, Father God. And Lord, I just pray that as she's waiting, that horrible bit just between and waiting in the operation, that she will remember those words of Sue, Father God. And I just pray that she will feel the peace that passes all understanding. And Lord, we pray for a miracle. We pray that, Father God, that you would heal those tumors right now. We pray that you would shrink them right now in Jesus' name. And also, we lift Howard to you as well. And Father, we thank you for the recovery. We thank you for the good news immediately after the heart attack. And we just pray again for full recovery, full strength in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. So I'm going to ask you, can we actually, uh, it's all right to be vague, but like maybe in the next couple of weeks, the photos that you took of that screen, why don't you bring the food, we'll load this bin and um, we'll actually do it deliberately over the next two weeks. And I think we can meet the need of Food Bank. I think we could, I'm going to, the senior leadership team of Com Church. we're going to meet tonight. There's no church tonight at six o'clock. I'll just throw that out there too. No church tonight, but we're having an SLT meeting and I'm going to speak to the SLT about whether we could actually make a significant contribution as well as what we're going to bring and put in here, but the church also go and buy some of those things and add it to what you can do and together we can meet that need. It's possible, right? It could happen just because of one announcement, it can happen. I believe it, all right? We serve a huge God. Let's thank Alan and Sue for all the work they've done for Food Bank. We appreciate that. We're flinging those curtains wide and looking out this morning. We're not going to just look at what we do and what we find comfortable. We're going to turn our heads away from leaky roofs and administration and we're going to look out of the doors, isn't it? We had students with us this week. Josh, wasn't it amazing? Weren't they great? Yeah, their students were absolutely great. We had 10 guys come from America and the thing that struck me, Josh, about them was that um, when they sat with us and they did their roundup at the end, they said, we feel like you gave us more than we gave you. That's what the students said. And they said that about all of you. And they said, everybody that we met, we just felt like they gave in to us, yet we were here on missions. And they've done amazing things. And they helped that guy. Maybe you can share the story Rob shared earlier. Uh, yeah, so there was a... Uh, we put out a Facebook post uh, a few weeks ago when we knew these guys were coming and we had some gaps in the schedule. And we just said, like, if there's anybody that has a pressing need, anyone that's that's sick that needs some help with their garden, anyone that's, that's disabled... Look, look, we, uh, we make them look good, though, Josh, we do. Yeah, we do. Yeah, we yeah. make them look good. I think it's Rob's legs, actually. That's, that's what it is. Um, but yeah, and so so this guy um, just just uh, someone I think someone contacted on behalf of this man um, who had uh, is it MS? Did Rob say? Yeah, yeah multiple sclerosis. Who was un- unable to, to to look after his garden, and he had another relative with him that was all, that was meant to be looking after him, but she had dementia, and they were like looking after each other, but neither of them were really capable. And so uh, because of this little Facebook post that went out, these guys went and they totally overhauled the garden, blessed the socks off these people, were able to like pray with them and just share the joy of Jesus. And now we have a connection that we can continue to, to nurture because of that initial contact. And they were just blown away by the students and how awesome they were, USA, USA. USA. They were USA. amazing and they USA. were great. And we really made an impact on our town. And I thank God for them. They're serving 
Um, they're serving with all of our team that have gone down to Big Church Day Out. Right today, we think we're part of something small, but there are thousands of Christians worshipping and praising. Our team of students are down there serving. They're a key part of that. Um, so we're excited about that. You know, two years back, as we're looking out today, um, well, actually, probably five or six years back thinking about it, we began a project where we sent a fire engine to Maru, Kenya, which is right at the base of the Mount Kenya, um, and into there. There was no fire service. Um, there was just a terrible, um, a, a terrible, actually, it was a really terrible system where guys in a village, if there was a fire, they would get a truck with some water on the back, and they'd pull up outside the fire and wait to be paid to put the fire out. If they weren't paid, your building and your house would burn to the ground. That was the practice when Fred Candy, who came to our church, he shared it with my dad. Um, he shared that, and that's the practice we want to stamp out. Um, so we got ourselves the first fire engine, and we sent it to Kenya. But at that time, we knew if we just send a fire engine, it will be misused. Those very same people would get their hands on it, and they would do the very same thing. So we had to fly a team out um, and raise up a fire service of fire people that um, just um, knew exactly what they were doing and that they, they would look after the appliance and make it work, but they had to be on the ground and take it seriously. We had to train the local council to own this thing so that it, it was not just we're sending a gift and we're just going to leave you with that. Um, we find ourselves here years later with 15 fire appliances. We've got over 50 firefighters... Firefighters, that's the word. Fireman Sam has killed me because I just go to say fireman every single time. And my wife's voice going, not firemen, firefighters. Fire person, Sam. Pers fire persons. Yeah, no, I keep getting it wrong. Loads of ladies on the group as well. They just go out they, like, and we send paramedics and they're doing training on the ground. We've painted a, a fire station and it's all there. And these guys, two weeks ago while we were in church, 22 firefighters went out they were taking um, training in schools. They were, um, they were training others to run the fire appliances. And, you know, about a year and a half ago, um, we had a phone call from a government member um, in the Kenya government asking us to take on the fire service for the whole of Kenya. And, and my response was, absolutely not. I was like... <laughs> I've got, I've got church to organise this Sunday. That's enough to be getting on with. You lot don't know. I was like, we've sent you 15 fire appliances. You have no idea what it would take to do that. So um, I said, absolutely not. But we've done what we can, right? We've just done what we can. So I want Heidi has spent hours and hours of her time. We finance her just pulling together. We collect um, all of the... Um, as we're working on the flights, we fund the flights for the firemen to go, and they fund some of it, we fund some of it. Um, we, every time a fire engine goes to Kenya, it costs 4000 to go on the back of a lorry and make its way to Kenya. All of those things have been birthed within this house, and now it's growing to something way beyond our borders. It has its own life now. It's not waiting on Comchurch to make a decision we want to send this. The local fire service is so behind it. They're like, we're donating... We're donating a fire appliance. They don't ask whether we've got the 4,000 in the bank or not. They just donate it. Um, and then, like, they work on, and sometimes they work out getting funding. Sometimes we get the funding. And the project's really gone amazing. So when you're sat in church, I want to open the windows for you today. There's a fire service that, at this moment in time, as they're saying it's about 300 million pounds worth of property has been saved by the fire appliances that we've sent there. There are five there are five babies there are five babies that are alive today because our teams went and took them out of a pit. The mum didn't want the baby, they just threw the baby in a pit. The baby was reported and our fire team have gone and rescued that life. There are five lives alive because of what you did. So just a few weeks ago, we had this team here. I just wanted an opportunity to tell you it happened because I thought it was important we opened the windows this morning as part of this message. So what we got coming up, Josh, tell us. Yeah, so we're really excited. Um, there's a team of six of us uh, that are heading out to Kenya and Uganda um, at the end of June. So my dad's been organising the trip. He's been going out uh, to East Africa for about... 15 years now and he's done loads and loads of trips and he's, he's passionate about equipping 
teachers and pastors over there with the with the the message of of Christ and giving them real uh, solid Bible teaching that they can take back to their churches and just disseminate this this teaching. And uh, so we we've been going out and doing that for a long time. Um, but this year we had a really exciting opportunity. So um, you may have seen in the church news last week. Um, there's there's a guy called Stevie who runs a barbering shop. Uh, it used to be next to Woolworths. Uh, it's called Gents Barbering. And these guys are good friends of mine. And my dad's been going to get his hair cut there for a while. And he just chats to them as he does about Jesus. And he chats to them about the trips. And they're like, Scott, we really want to come on one of these trips. Like, we've got a real passion for just helping people. We want to do something about this. Um, and so what's happening is we're running a barbering school. Um, so this is a, a school in Uganda called Rock Ministries. Uh, and they have over a 1,000 young people there. And they've selected about 12 kind of sixth form age children. They're going to they're gonna learn the... Uh, the profession of barbering. So we're going to run this really intensive five-day course. Stevie and Jack from the barbers are going to run this course. And these guys are going to be equipped with a skill which will enable them in the future. Because a lot of these guys, they can't afford to go to university. It's, it's really expensive. But giving them a skill that they can use to, to generate their own money and uh, to live the life that they want to live. And so, they're going to set it up like a, they're going yeah, to have a business gonna be, when gonna you be, leave them. We're going to leave them. So um, we've had like Wall and all the different um, hair uh, clipper companies that have donated like packs of just stuff for each of the students. Uh, Stevie's been contacting them all and they've just been giving them stuff. So we've got, and we've been given money specifically for that. So we're going to have, we're going to buy a chair out there, like a barbering chair and mirrors. And we're going to leave them with a functioning business, but also there's going to be legacy so that every year we can go back, we can train more students. They can go and set up these little barber shops across the area and it, it's just something that um, really inspires my heart because these guys like like they're really really good friends of mine like they like they're, they're just really great guys and they, they don't know Jesus yet that's but, what I think but they want to come on a mission trip I think that's amazing yeah. that those that's as much mission so the thing that's a reminder about what Josh is talking about is that missions is at the end of our street yeah so we're taking some people who don't know Jesus yet to go and minister over here, but like God has a plan for them. I mean, That's as much missions for us. It's today. actually staggering. So we've been, I've been going in and I've been doing some stuff with them and promo stuff and they're like, we make sure it's got Com Church on it. We really want people to know that we're doing it in partnership with Com Church. Should we watch the video? Why yeah. don't we take a yes. look at the video and yes. you can meet Stevie video. and the guys. Take a look at that. Hi, this is Scott here. Um, I just wanted to give you a quick update on what Com Missions Department is doing over these next few weeks and months. A team of us are going out to Uganda and to Kenya. There we're going to be working with uh, Peter Kazozi at the Kadetika School and Rock Ministries. We'll be doing conferences for pastors, but really exciting this time is that we're taking a couple of guys from Gents Barbering, uh, from right here in Dunstable. Um, and uh, they're going to tell you a little bit about from their angle, but we're really excited that we we're going to be able to bless the community uh, that Peter and Rose Kazozi are a part of. Over the years of being in Dunstable myself, I've built a relationship up with Scott um, from Com Church in Dunstable. And what it is, is there was an opportunity that had come to us where we could put together a workshop where we was going out yeah. to Uganda um, in this summer and we'll be running a five-day workshop. I think we've got 12 students that we're working with. We really want to make a difference to them, okay? We want to give them the opportunity that when we step away from Uganda, that they can still learn, they can still thrive. If you're interested in supporting us, we would definitely um, ask you for your prayer. There are plenty of things that need to be sorted out in the coming days, including our finances. So if you want to help with uh, finance, that's great. You can make a donation to the missions department on a Sunday through the offering. Just make sure your um, offering is marked, the offering envelope is marked as missions department. But most important enough is to pray and to pray for us and we'll be giving you updates as things come closer. Thank you for listening uh, to this brief missions update. If you want more information about the trips or who's going or, or what we're attempting to do in Uganda, then please speak to me after the service. Likewise, if you have an idea for other trips that we could be engaged with on our train tracks with COM of both commission and compassion, talk to me afterwards. Awesome, Scott. Well done. Let's appreciate Scott. Actually, you don't need to write anything 
on your offering envelope because we're going to make this happen, whatever. Already at the beginning of the year, the trustees of this church made a budget available to be sure that we opened our windows as a church and we touched other nations. So that's, that's just happening. It's going to happen no matter what. And your gift to Com Church makes it happen. Is that awesome? I want to say this as well, and I just wanted to clarify this. I want to prophesy over you guys just, that are going to, make the t- going to make the trip. When you go to Uganda, just like the students came to us and they said, we were blessed by you as much as we felt you, you blessed us more than we feel like we've blessed you. I think that's going to be the case when you go to Africa, Josh. The people that you meet and the people around there, I really believe Scott and the team are going to be as blessed by the people that they meet in that nation. And those people will put as much into the team going. We don't this white saviour complex of going in to Africa and put everything right. Let's forget about all that junk. And I really believe they're going to do that. Not only that, what's amazing is that um, as we begin to do this and you open it up, there's a principle here next week. Um, we're, we're reaching out into Uganda and into Kenya, but Zimbabwe is coming to bless us next week. I wonder if you could put this on, could you put that up on the screen? Tudor Bismarck, so, so a nation in Africa now, Zim, is going to come on missions to right here in Dunstable and bring a message to us. We don't have all the answers, church. We don't, we go fly around the world. There's a few things that the African nations do that I wish our country did. My goodness. We could learn a lot about how to pray from those nations. We can learn a lot, so much of things. But we're actually having someone come in the house that's going to really bring a word. You know, this guy, uh, I, I hear the word bishop used a lot about people's lives. And the word bishop means that you've got lots of pastors under you doing the job of pastors. And many people that use the term, you go to look it out and they're not actually really doing that. This guy, though, raised leaders and pastors at the greatest rate of anybody I've ever met in my whole life. And he phoned, he was like, do we want to come to Dunstable and we're going to make it a few there's a couple of churches that I've mentioned it to that are going to close their service and join with us so you have to be coming early at 10.30 next week to get your seat otherwise you'll be sat a long way away so Africa's coming back to bless us is that alright? so nice alright good awesome 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 Josh we're going to pray over you and the team because it is prayer that we really want um, the, as far as the finances for this trip taken care of we've we've committed to it we're doing it um so um i just want us to pray over the team we're going to do a huge send-off for them so we're going to do this one more time in church as we fling the fling those curtains wide and we look out we're going to pray over these team we'll use josh and sarah as a point of contact can we all stand and reach our hands out over them and we pray for salvation for stevie and the guys that are on our doorstep as much as we pray that what you do and what you put your hands to will be blessed. Who's taking it? Prayer, would you mind? Father, we want to thank you this morning. As we continue to look out as your body, Father, we just want to pray for uh, Josh and Sarah and the whole team, Lord. We thank you that, Lord, even as they are planning this missions trip, we thank you that you are faithful. You say that, Lord, you already go before them in the name of Jesus. And therefore, we pray as they go out, Lord, for journey messes. In Jesus' name, we pray for each and every person that they will come across, that, Lord, you will bless those people in the name of Jesus Christ. We pray that your grace, Lord, will flow through them, Lord, even as they... uh, Teach, Lord, your word and encourage, Lord, uh, people in Kenya and Uganda. Father, we pray, O oh God, that your anointing will flow in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we pray that as they minister, as they avail themselves to be used of you, we pray that you'll bless them in return in the name of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the resources that you have already provided. We thank you for each and every door that you are opening for them, Lord, even to be a blessing in the name of Jesus. Father, we give you praise. We honor you. We pray that, Lord, even as they take, oh God, these steps of faith, that you will continue to enlarge their tents in the name of Jesus Christ, that you'll continue, Lord, to open more doors for them to minister in Jesus' name. Father, we bless you and we honor you for the lives, oh God, that you are going to touch, Lord, now and in future because of these windows that are being opened, even to stay out, oh God, outside the walls of Com Church. In Jesus' name we pray. We pray specifically for Stevie, oh God, even as he goes with them, 
that, Lord, you will touch his lives, his life even in ways that he cannot imagine. We pray for his family, Lord, that you'll touch and bless them. In Jesus' name, amen. I mean, let's hear it for the guys going to Uganda. Let's make sure that that's, you can take a seat just for a second, make sure that we're going to do that. I'm going to end this message this morning. It's great to look out. That's an exercise in looking out. It's a beautiful thing if we can take that moment when we feel like shutting ourselves away and closing the curtains around us that we can just fling those open, windows open and look out. It's a beautiful thing. You know, when Jesus died on the cross, he prior, prioritized your needs over his needs. He prioritized your needs over his needs when he died on the cross. That was a beautiful thing. It's beautiful to put others, others' needs first. You know, Paul was an amazing guy that traveled around all the church, wrote loads of the Bible and the New Testament that we have. The reason we have the gospel today was because he was willing to go and suffer on other people's behalf. And that's how we end up with the gospel of Jesus that we get to share today. Because he suffered and he put the needs of everybody sat here in 2019 above his own. He was willing to suffer. You know, Thomas saw what Paul was doing and said, I'm going to support what Paul's doing because I also see the need that in 2019 that gospel needs to reach other people. The Bible is full of people that even when they felt like they were in the battle, even when they felt like everything was difficult and they just wanted blessing, they were able to fling open the curtains and look out. So what we've done as a church today, I pray you'd self-analyze and that you'd look at your own life and that you would do it. That you would go, do you know what I have? I have closed the curtain around myself a little bit and I'm willing to open it and look out. Close your eyes and we'll just close this service in prayer. Lord, we praise you. Lord, I pray that we would be a people on the high street of Dunstable that are willing to build your kingdom, that are willing to reach out to others. We're willing to repair relationships. We're, re we're willing to step out into ministry, even perhaps when we don't feel like it. Lord, we thank you for this message today of looking out. We pray that we would never become fat Christians that just want your blessing sat on a seat here in church on a Sunday. But we would always be quick to throw those curtains wide. And a day like this would change the world. We open our curtains in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's give God praise. Thanks for listening to Com Church Talks. We'd love to hear from you. And you're welcome to any of our Sunday services or midweek comms. For more information or to contact us, please visit www.comchurch.org.uk or find us on Facebook. God bless.